Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings, greetings, happy summer of 2020 and what might possibly be the weirdest year of of any of our lives. So I hope you're faring well in um, what I'm calling the new world order post-virus jail or who knows, by the time this comes out, we may be back in virus jail. I don't even know. As a reminder, throughout the month of July, if you rate the podcast with a five-star rating and give me a review on iTunes, you're in the drawing for a $200 Visa gift card. I will reach out to you. I will find you on the social to get your mailing address, and I will get that to you. I'm going to do that drawing on uh, July 31st. And as always, find me on the socials, lisa.edwards on Instagram. That's L-E-S-A. Lisa Edwards on uh, LinkedIn, L-E-S-A, and at uh, Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Those are the places. And as another reminder, I'm doing free webinars every week. On uh, They're themed, so every month has a different topic. Uh, July's, we're talking about LinkedIn. And next month, it's something different that I don't remember right now off the top of my head. But you've got the link in the show notes to see all of the upcoming webinars. And there is no charge. There is no obligation. You just show up and get great content and even get coached by me if you're brave. So today we're talking about skills and values that employers are looking for. I came across this article on, I don't know if it's live career or live career, so I apologize, but it was called 14 Skills and Values Employers Seek in Job Seekers. And I wanted to share that with you and kind of expound on these 14 items and give you my perspective on how that shows up in the workplace. So the number one one was uh, talking about professionalism. And they were calling it kind of acting in a responsible and fair manner in all your personal and work activities, which is seen as a sign of maturity and self-confidence. Now, I talked about how to get branded as an unprofessional person, as uh, as unprofessional last week. So, of course, the flip side of that is professionalism. Suffice it to say that what you say and don't say, what you do and don't do, what you wear and don't wear can all kind of contribute to you being perceived as either a professional or an unprofessional or somewhere kind of in the murky water in between, which to me is like this super um, don't make much of an impression area. Kind of hate, almost would rather you be unprofessional than to be kind of just, you know, eh, she's not really professional, but I don't know. She hadn't done anything terrible. She's just kind of there. She just kind of shows up. So professionalism is that polish, polishment, I just made that word up, about kind of what you say and what you do, and, and your appearance is a big piece of that one. Next one is honesty and integrity. And there have been, of course, a lot of very public corporate scandals stemming from employees with a lack of honesty and integrity, and this has then become a very valuable skill for employers, right, from you know, honesty and integrity at the highest levels all the way down to, you know, the mailroom and the frontline workers. And truthfulness in your workplace is always going to win out as long as it's coming from a place of understanding and compassion, right? So there's a big difference between being hateful under the guide of truth. I'm just telling you the truth, right? And you're just mean versus 
you know, I'm, I'm telling you the truth because I, I think you need to know how you were perceived in this meeting or how I took your words and I want to give this to you because I care about you as a coworker. So if you are unsure of whether you should do something, I want you to think about whether you would do that thing if the president of your company were watching. I think that's a good kind of, would I say this thing if the president was listening? Would I do this thing if the president was watching me? Would I wear this outfit to this meeting if the president was going to be in the meeting? So I think it's a good kind of acid test. The next one is adaptability. So the article talks about adaptability as being openness to new ideas and concepts, to working independently or as part of a team, and to carrying out multiple tasks or projects. I think that this skill of adaptability or flexibility is one of the most important ones in the face of COVID-19. So as we're returning to work, many employees are being asked to do things that are completely outside of their wheelhouse. It's not anything like what they've done before. The company looks different physically. It's behaving different um, kind of culturally. There's all these new regulations in place. Uh, Maybe many of the employees that you knew before COVID didn't come back and you don't know what happened to them. So it's the sense of kind of being flexible in the face of these frequent changes you know, being willing to kind of go with the flow, right? So I can promise you, your boss loves employees who raise their hand for new projects and and you're willing to kind of stretch your skill set, right? So you want to be one of those employees. You don't want to be one of those employees that digs your heels in and says, no, 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 this is what my job was before. This is all I'm willing to do now. And being very kind of disgruntled about all of the change that's happening. You want to be one of those eager hand raisers. The next one is problem solving. And I have supervised in my career many, many employees. And one of the most important things that I say to them is that I want them to not just come to me with a problem, but with at least one possible solution to that problem. It doesn't mean that I'll be, that I will take their solution, but I don't want them to just come to me and dump their problem on my desk like it's my problem. I want them to think through what a possible solution would be. So you don't want to be labeled as the difficult employee who's always complaining. You want to be branded as the solution provider. And again, even if your boss doesn't use your solution, he will appreciate the fact that you had a solution to offer. So that's problem solving. The next one is dependability slash reliability slash responsibility. I'm going to group those together. And this one's pretty simple and straightforward, but I also think it's very important. You want to arrive on time. You want to own up to your mistakes. You want to do what you say you're going to do. You cannot expect the boss to give you promotions or give you the best assignments if you get this reputation of being undependable. So you want to be, you know, my word is gold. If I say it, it's going to happen, right? And if you screw up, if you miss a deadline, if you don't do something up to the standard you are usually up to, then you want to own up to that and make restitution in the appropriate way. End of the story. The next one is loyalty. Employers want employees who have a strong devotion to the company, even at times when the company is not necessarily loyal to its employees. Eek, right? That's tricky. But you want to think about how you talk about your employer and your boss when they're not around. 
How do you think about them, right? When you go home and you're talking to your significant other about your boss, how are you speaking about her? How are you speaking about your company? And loyalty happens in all of those places. Loyalty happens when the boss isn't around. The, the, the loyalty needs to be kind of a 24-7 thing or not. And loyalty is typically rewarded and disloyalty is typically terminated or kind of minimized in the company. The next one is positive attitude slash motivated slash energy slash passion. So it's that whole kind of how your energy level and how you show up energetically. And this is kind of in my in my mind, it's kind of a first cousin of adaptability, right? So it's your ability to work with a positive attitude and have passion, carry that through no matter the assignment, no matter what the timeline is, no matter what the budget is, no matter who the other team members are or any other variable, right? People with positive attitude, because it's coming from inside of them, are going to have that positive attitude no matter what the circumstances are that are going on around them. And you want to be seen as that person, that high energy, high energy relative to your job, right? I mean, a mortician's energy level probably ought to be a different than a kindergarten teacher's energy level, I would think. So, you know, consistent with your job, but that clear passion and and motivation to do the job and having that positive attitude. The next one is self-confidence. And I love this one because I think it's so fascinating when I'm working with clients who really doubt themselves. They doubt their ability to be successful, especially in this job market. They doubt their skill set. They have all these doubts about themselves and then they don't understand why they're not getting interviews or if they're getting interviews, they're not getting offers. Well, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect a prospective employer to believe in yourself? And then in terms of, you know, the, the when you're doing the job, you want that self-confidence to kind of shine through in everything you do. Your boss doesn't want to have to worry whether he should or shouldn't have given you that assignment. He wants to feel like he has totally made the right choice and that you've got this covered. And a lot of that has to do with how you show up, right? Now, that's not to say that you won't have questions or need clarification because that's a sign of emotional maturity, right? I'm confident I can do this job, but I don't know what this means or I need clarification on this um, objective or whatever it is. So you're not, you're people who are, who have a lack of self-confidence will then not want to ask those questions because they're afraid they're going to be found out as being, you know, a fraud. So it, it's very appropriate for you to have those questions, but you can ask those questions from a place of self-confidence and not like, oh, I don't know how to do this thing. I must not be a good fit for this. I, they shouldn't have given it to me. It was all wrong. I'm going to fail, right? That totally wrong energy. All right. The next one is self-motivated slash ability to work without direct supervision. So the flip side of being a team player is being able to work independently, getting your work done without anybody standing over your shoulder. And I have yet to find an employee on the planet that likes to be micromanaged. And generally speaking, bosses really don't want to micromanage. Yes, there are exceptions. We've all met them. However, most effective bosses recognize that that's not the way to get their work done and that's not the way to make the most of their team and their department and do the best they can if they're having to micromanage employees. 
So you want to show your boss by your results that you don't need to be micromanaged because once you take it, it's done, right? I have, I've got it. I don't need anybody looking over my shoulder and I'm proving that to you because typically bosses, when you're new, they're going to kind of hold those reins a little bit tighter and then they're going to loosen them up as they feel safe doing so. You want to help them to feel safe as soon as possible. The next one is willingness to learn. So you want to show a willingness to learn new skills, new job duties, new ways of doing the job. You never want to complain about not having the skills that you need, right? Like some the boss gives you an assignment and you take off and you're like, yeah, but I don't know how to do this. You want to go to your boss and this ties into what I said earlier, that self-confidence, right? I can do this job. However, I'm going to need this certification or I'm going to need this thing, this knowledge set in order to do this job. So I'm willing to learn it. And I, I want to, and, and what I would do with the boss is I would come to him and say, here's what I need to be effective in this new role. I need this new certification. Here's where I can get it. It will cost X amount of money and I can achieve this in X number of months. Is that all right? May I sign up for that? So you're not, again, not dumping it in his lap. I have this problem. I don't know how to do this thing. You're coming up with a solution and presenting it to him as an option. Next is leadership and management skills. Now, the article groups these together, but I see them as distinctly different. So you've got leadership skills and then management skills. And management really speaks to kind of the day-to-day -day operation of a business unit, like managing the things, the work and the people in that unit, right? Managing the, the tasks. And leadership to me speaks to kind of determining the direction of the unit, making sure the direction is followed, and having that kind of charisma and vision and passion so that they will follow you. And I heard this analogy um, years ago, and I've, I've, I've loved it ever since then. And it was like a, a manager is someone who, you know, gets the buys the ladder for the team, puts the ladder up on the side of the building, um, you know, sets it to the right height, and, you know, makes sure that all the employees know the safety protocols of using the ladder, make sure it's secure, you know, et cetera, et cetera. A leader makes sure that the ladder is propped up against the correct building. And I love that analogy. That's so, to me, that's so appropriate. So the manager's dealing with all these details and the minutia of running that department, but a true leader is going to step back and say, are we even doing the right thing? Yeah, we're doing the things right, but are we doing the right things? And it's very different. The next one is multicultural sensitivity and awareness. And in their quote, which I think is beautiful and very timely, there is possibly no bigger issue in the workplace than diversity and job seekers must demonstrate a sensitivity and awareness to other people and cultures. And certainly this is huge in the workplace right now. There's so much around diversity and inclusion and bias, ethnic racial bias and all of that. And so your role then becomes how you can help lead awareness and sensitivity in your company, in your department. How can you move the conversation forward and from a place of sensitivity and awareness to help the group grow as a team, help the team come together, help the team to be better because you're more diverse and inclusive. The next one is planning and organizational skills. So in addition to designing, planning, organizing, and implementing projects and tasks, this one also involves goal setting. 
So in most occupations, flying by the seat of your pants is not a desirable way to get your work done, right? You have coworkers that are nervous about you that you won't get things done on time. They, they don't feel confident in your approach. So you want to set up a calendar system. You want to stay on top of meetings. You want to plan your part of projects so that you get your work done and done well and done on time. And the final one is teamwork. So, so many jobs today involve working in groups and your ability to contribute fully within work groups is very important. So whether you're meeting in person or virtually, it's really important that you carry your weight with each of your teams. So you want to make sure that your voice is heard, but that you don't monopolize the conversation. You want to make sure that your voice is heard, but that you're not tone deaf to the energy of the room. You want to make sure that your contribution is recognized and so is everyone else's. And you want to make sure that your skills are leveraged and so are everyone else's. So that teamwork piece is, is I think, a great one to end on. So my challenge to you is of these areas, and I'm going to go through them one more time, I want you to pick one that you think you could benefit from improving. It's either one that's really important in your current job and you feel like you're not quite performing in it, uh, up to speed, or you feel like if you give it a little bit more effort, it could become one of your signature strengths. Um, and you want to set a goal around that that thing. And, and I like the SMART goal acronym, so specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time sensitive. So an example of a specific SMART goal would be, you know, I want to become certified in um, Six Sigma by September 1st. So I've got a time-sensitive date. I'm saying I'm certified in Six Sigma. Um, so I've, I've given a very specific goal, as opposed to a, a non-SMART goal would be, you know, learn about Six Sigma or learn about, you know, learn become more efficient. Though That's not a SMART goal. So it may be that you need to take a formal class. Maybe you want to read some books on the topic. So your, your goal would be read X book, like the specific book by a date. Is there somebody you need to have a conversation with? Do you want to hire a coach to help you? And what exactly do you want their help with? So let's take a moment to go back through these characteristics again. So the first one is professionalism. The next one is honesty and integrity. The next one is adaptability. Then we have problem solving. We have dependability, reliability, responsibility. Those are grouped together. Loyalty. And we have positive attitude, motivated energy and passion. Those are grouped together. Self-confidence. The next one is self-motivated and ability to work without direct supervision. The next one is willingness to learn. Then we have leadership slash management skills. Then we have multicultural sensitivity and awareness. Then we have planning and organizational skills. And then finally, teamwork. So pick one, set a SMART goal around that, and watch that area improve. And hey, if you love it, after you achieve that goal, pick another one and do a SMART goal around that and just become more and more and more indispensable to your employers, more professional, more of that star employee that gets the best assignments, gets the promotions, gets the new jobs with great companies. So I hope this has been helpful and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.